0: All right, welcome to The Company of One. This is Dale Callahan, your host. This is episode number 166. Today, we are talking about, I want more. Is it okay to want more? And and I've seen this uh, posted in a lot of different ways. And recently, I saw on a Marie Forleo post, let me just say Marie, uh, she had a post out where somebody had taken a picture of a sign that said, I want more. And she got all kinds of comments. I and mean, She made comments about how, yeah, that's cool to want more. We all want more different things. We want more money. We want more, uh, wow, there's just all kinds of things we want more of. But it was weird some of the comments she was getting back. And there were comments along the lines of, it's not okay to want more because you're taking if you want more you're taking away from what other people have if you uh... if you're already rich if you're in the one percent it's not fair to want more because you're taking money away from anybody else so let me just put in context first of all if you don't know the stats if you are if you live in the united states of america and i'm i forget the salary range but i'm gonna throw it around thirty five thousand dollars a year okay it's not killing it in the United States, but you know, you're making money, you're living. Uh, if you're at 35,000 in the United States, you are in the top 1% of the world. So when we talk about the top 1%ers, you're probably there. If you're watching this video, if you have Facebook, if you have the technology to, to watch this in the United States, you're probably there. Uh, so the, so is it okay? And so, so a lot of the comments there were of that mindset of, if i in it when the other one was a mindset of contentment is it okay so but here's the things i hear so i'm just actually going to read off of the the uh printouts of what people are telling me as i'm talking to people as i'm talking to clients and i'm spending every week just talking to more people which has been fun and it's been interesting because i keep hearing some of the same things I want more is literally the words coming out of people's mouth when they're calling us about our graduate program and they're talking about, um, you know, where are we going? What are we going to do? How are, you know, and it comes out usually as I have a job and I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I've got this degree and I, I get paid good money, but I want more. And the story, all the beginning stuff is different, right? Because it's different industries, different stuff, but the words, I want more. So I sat down with a client the other day, and it was this, you know, I feel like everything's going really, really well, um, but there's something empty. I want more. So these aren't words I'm sticking in people's mouth. I want more. So here's the words I've got specifically. I want more out of my job. I want more out of my career. I want more out of my degree. I want more out of my life we could probably change this and add two things I want more out of my marriage I want more out of everything right Uh, and we all get restless from time to time this is not a I'm kind of bored this week like we talked about in the last podcast this is a ongoing I want more so what does that look like Uh, so I'm just gonna say oh, let's just get rid of, get rid of that page because that, that, that's irrelevant. I'm looking at the notes at and again these are people that have said sent to me and here's here's some of it that that sums up the thinking so and the reason I'm pointing this out is because this is the thinking that many of us have and many of us struggle with and I've kind of summed them up in a couple of things you need to be content. With what you have. You just need to be content. No matter where you are, sit and be content. Number two, if you get more, yet others will have less. We call that scarcity thinking, right? There's a certain amount of things, there's a certain pile of money out there in the world. I'll put a number on it make it $7 trillion, right? So if I gather some of that money, By nature of the being scarcity, a limited supply of money, I've taken it from someone else. I could go if I've gathered some of that happiness, I've taken it from somebody else. Because, and believe, that sounds a little weird, but that's how we think. If you watch what people say, uh, that there's this balance, you know, there's this, uh, and maybe in some religions this is probably accurate of how they think about things. But it's that scarcity. If I get more... Somebody else is suffering and gets less, and then that that one I was hitting at just a minute ago. If I'm wealthy, <coughs> and I'm defining wealthy, right? We can define wealthy however we want to be, uh, but it's funny because people will always say, "Well, the wealthy, or the you know what what does that mean?" And it depends on what where you're standing and who's standing shoulder to shoulder with you of whether somebody's wealthy. Because I know people who are making a million dollars a year who live kind of like they're in poverty because they're terrible at managing their money and people who make forty thousand dollars a year who live like kings at least in terms of the way they manage their money right so wealthy is wealthy is a wealthy doesn't really mean anything uh except this nebulous thing that we're usually blaming other people and talking about how bad the mean wealthy guy is like the big bad wolf right he's a good movie script so, this is scarcity a bunch of, uh, scarcity thinking. There is uh, contentment thinking. And there is the blaming the wealthy. And these are some of the things. And so, as as people are telling me they want more, the things that I'm hearing is guilt. Guilt. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll almost start backpedaling. Is it okay to want more? So, many of us, especially Christians, uh, we think about, contentment. The Bible talks about lots of things about the word contentment. So uh, without without getting into too much detail, we'll just say there was a time that I was going to start a business. And by definition, starting a business is to make money, right? That's the goal. And I'm sitting here feeling a little bit guilty thinking, wait a minute, my mission, if I read Matthew 28 in the Bible, the mission is to impact the world Uh, through just making disciples. Okay, so I'm reading that and that's my ultimate mission. So what am I doing trying to start a business? So I went and sought the council of some pastors and said, you know, what am I doing? I should just give everything away and stop. And um, I I got told differently than I thought. And basically it was, you know, not everybody's going into the pastorate that there's somebody that needs to make a lot of money because who do you think funds the stuff that's going on? Uh, and and we, we went through this long story about how if you look in King David and if you look at uh, in Joseph's time when in the, in back in the Pharaoh and back way back in Egypt, that there was this need for wealth and proper wealth management to take care of the country, to take care of the people. And we went through this long thing where basically his message was, if you and I just cause I remember hearing this became it because it came from a pastor, and I would say a very conservative pastor, and he said to me as I was walking out, he said, if you're going to have a business to make money, that should be your goal to make money, then you should be have a goal of making a lot of it. And that was really a weird statement to hear. But what he's getting at, think about the word contentment. What does contentment really mean? contentment means just sitting here being content with the amount of food I have being content with the amount of uh, wealth I have being content with everything and that's you know that's a good thing but contentment is not a state we take that as a permanent state like I should just sit here and be happy with the food in front of me now I don't know about you but I'm going to guess That contentment's going to run out when it comes time for the next meal, right? You may be content at breakfast, but by lunch, well, maybe by dinner, depending on who you are and what kind of diet you're on, right? But you're going to lose that contentment as hunger comes back. Is hunger evil? Is the fact that our tummy's growling, is that an evil thing? Is it an evil thing because the roof is leaking? I want to fix the roof? you know what do we think of we mean by contentment some of the processes that people are thinking is that's almost like it is it's it's like I should want for nothing no I don't think that's what contentment means contentment means in the moment here I should be content that I have all I need as opposed to I wish I had that or I don't have that so I'm going to lay down and kick my feet and pitch a fit right that's not, that's not contentment. Contentment is feeling like I have what I need right now. I may be poor, I may be rich, I may be well-fed, I may be hungry, but I need to be content where I am right now. And I need to realize that I'm taken care of. However, who wants to just sit there all the time? Because that's the ultimate thing of contentment, is just to sit and do nothing. Now that kind of sounds like where the Bible talks about idleness and just doing nothing. What about the Proverbs 31 woman, right? Was she content? What's the deal here? What are we talking about? There's constantly work going on in the Bible. As a matter of fact the entire look at the beginning of Genesis where Adam and Eve are in the garden and what is he told them to do to Take care of the earth, to uh, control the earth, which is kind of weird. If you're a tree hugger now, that was the um, uh, the the uh, the original goal was not to go out and be environmentally friendly and try to save the tree and try to save the hummingbird and all those kind of things that we try to save. It's to dominate the earth, to use it for our purposes. That may mean things go out of uh, go extinct, um, but you know. The tree huggers can call me about that later. So, but contentment means work. Even in the the Old Testament, work existed. Work existed. Why did work exist if you want to just sit around and stare at the other people? Right? There's, there's contentment. You can't be content without work. That sounds weird too, right? But you can't. Biblically, that was given to us. As a matter of fact, work was given to us before the fall in the Bible. So if you're not a Christian and you don't have a clue what I'm talking about, well, you probably do. But before sin came in, before Adam and Eve ate of the apple, they were doing work. And that means there was a reason to be working, right? And they may have been content with all they had, Probably not because that's why they bit the apple but that's another story but they were it may have been content with all that they had uh, but they needed to work to do other things so you know as I look at this the money is the contentment so let, but let me go to the big issue is <clears throat> this is so popular in our land today um, whatever land that is this is popular notion, and I saw this all over Marie Marie Forleo's post where people kept, they were almost dogging her for saying, I want, that that, to want more is a good thing, to want more is okay, and to want more and to work for something is okay. And they were saying this abundance uh, versus scarcity thinking. So let me hit that, because there's only two kinds of thinking in this. There's scarcity which is there is a limited amount of resources in the world call it money and for the only way for me to get more money is to take it from you now without going into monetary policy from countries and how things work that's just not the case so for instance we could say if there are is if there's a city and there are ten real estate agents who work in that city If I become the 11th agent in the city, by definition, I'm going to take money out of another agent's uh, hand, right? Because I'm going to be part of the transaction. There may be some of those times that it happens, um, but that's not what usually happens. Usually what happens is because somebody enters business and there's already competitors out there, we make the rest of the world more aware of the business let's give a case in point a bicycle shop i open a bicycle shop and i'm the lone bicycle shop guy in the city right and all the people in the that want to do mountain bike riding and things like that they come to my shop you open a a bicycle shop you're by definition a competitor to me but we know business uh, from business that while technically you're a competitor and I'm going to put things on sale and you're going to put things on sale and we're going to we're going to compete against each other by the fact that both of us are serving the same market we actually are somewhat advertising for everybody for other people actually because there's two of us now instead of saying there was A 1,000 bicycle riders in the town. Now because I'm selling stuff and you're selling stuff maybe on two sides of town, we end up with 2,000 bicycle riders because we start to advertise and we start to create a culture of wanting and desiring that hobby or whatever that is that we're doing. We see that in all kinds of business, that as the fear of entering something because we think we're competing with somebody else, we actually are not. So when we, were, when we were starting a wireless telecom company, one of the first things that I did um, is went to our number one competitor and sit down and had a conversation. Now, partly because that number one competitor could eat us overnight, but we wanted to sit down and have a conversation about, hey, here's what we're doing, we're in your space, let's be, you know, and, and we want to win here, but we also know you can eat us. And we walked out of the room with a partnership, which was really weird because uh, we were doing something that was niche that they didn't want to do, didn't have the expertise to do, but they had this big giant platform. So we walked in the room kind of thinking, hey, we don't know where this is going. And we walked out of the room with a partnership of that we were not expecting to happen. So this is this, is this kind of abundance uh, Uh, or or, um, scarcity thinking versus abundance thinking. Because the fact is, if you are going, if if there is so much out there that if you do something, you create abundance, right? If you start consuming all the food in a city, just think, think simply of a food. If I start eating more, or if I start uh, bringing more people into the city to eat more food, instead of thinking these grocery stores are going to run out of food, what they're going to do is they're going to say, because we're selling so much food, we're going to order more food. And we're going to open another grocery store that's closer to different people. We create more stuff. Now, theoretically, you may be saying, we're stealing from food somewhere else. That some other grocery store in some other part of the country doesn't have food. No, because the farmers are going to see there's a bigger demand for this. They're going to plant more crop. They're going to uh, grow more cattle or whatever you do. I don't know how you would call that. They're going to raise cattle. And so they're going to create more food because there's a demand. And that's how we act as if everything is in a standstill, as if if there's this amount of food and there's this amount of money and there's this amount of everything out there but it's really a dynamic that's what we call a static system it's a dynamic system and every time somebody demands more more is created it's kind of that way when you work out right because if I only have so much muscle if I only have so much air capacity if I only have so much capacity to do work then what's the point of exercising? I'm not going to be able to increase my capacity. I'm not going to be able to run faster or lift more or have more endurance. No, that's not even in your bodies. As you stress your body, you, you create abundance. Your body responds. Biology responds and it says we're going to help you become faster and stronger and adapt to what you're, to the things that you're doing. That's what's really going on in society. So this whole thing that you see about uh, people feeling guilty like they're taking food out of other people's mouth or they're taking opportunity away from other people, that's, I get that, but here's what that is. That is an excuse not to do anything. Because ultimately the people saying that, they're not really scared of that. I don't believe they are. They're afraid. They're afraid of taking action. They're afraid that if they step out and do something, they'll take action. Oh, I'm not talking about the people that hate the one percenters, even though they are the one percenters, and they don't even realize it. Um, They just want to fuss. But But most people, what we're doing is we make excuses, for not acting. And we are really, really good at making excuses for not acting, right? Everything under the sun becomes a great excuse. But these people who are saying, I want more, would you be one of them? Would you be one of those people to say, I want more of something? If you're not, you're probably not breathing. I don't know of anybody who doesn't want more of something. That's a good thing, right? You should want more of something because it gets you up in the morning. It makes you want to work hard at something. If, think about your entire economy. I'll use the U.S. economy. Think about the U.S. economy. I really, really hope that when I go to the doctor and the doctor says, you need something. Let's say you go to the doctor and they say, you need heart surgery. I hope that heart surgeon wants more. I hope he wants more money. I hope he wants a bigger boat. I hope he wants another house and already has 15 of them, right? Because I want him to be so dadgum good at what he's doing that this is he lives and breathes doing that because he wants more. I hope the farmer grows more food. I hope even the person who paints my house wants more money in his or her pocket because If they do, they might be doing a good job, right? I hope the person at McDonald's in the drive-thru wants more. Not so sure that one's true based upon my experiences, but I kind of hope that that is is the case. Because if you're not wanting more, you're probably not serving well. And that's the key. The only way to get more money is to serve well. The only way to get more time is to manage your time better and probably get some wealth. It's, a lot of things come down to wealth in our culture is, is it gets you more time and freedom to do that. So when I'm talking to people, people are saying they want more. Their challenge is not the want for most of us. Some of us get caught in these twisted thinking, but for most of us, the challenge isn't the want. For most of us, the challenge is the how. How do you get more of what you want? And so the first part, we won't get into the other parts, I'll tell you that next time, but the first part is defining what you want more of and getting clarity about it. Sitting with a client the other day, he wanted more of one thing, one thing, and he talked about 20. He talked in circles about 20 things, but the one thing what it came back to. And so when he finally got what the one thing was, that one thing, it was like, okay, let's focus on that because that one thing generated all the others. So one of the, tri- one of the tricks of success and wanting more is to define what it is you want more of. You may want a lot of things, but what is it you want more of right now? And then get highly focused on that one thing all right we will talk to you next week and we'll come back and talk about the uh, the two things or the three things to have more success in getting what you want more of until then we will talk to you next week